and time for another edition of Bama and Bourbon with Aaron Suttles from Yay Alabama. I'm Lance Hill from the next round. It is on Roll Tide Pods. Like, subscribe, give us thumbs up. It's where we talk a little bourbon. We talk Alabama football and basketball. We are previewing Whistle Pig. This is the uh, piggyback. It's the six-year, 100-proof, small-batch bourbon whiskey. I don't know if this is what we had in L.A. at the team hotel, Alabama and Michigan Rose Bowl. Yeah, I remember it cost a lot, whatever oh we had. Oh, my God, I forgot. But everything cost a lot there. Yeah, but two shots for you and I. Um, I forgot what the price was. Was it 50 was. bucks? It, it was yeah. over 50 bucks. Yeah, it was It was pretty crazy. Uh, we'll tell you more about this bourbon in a little bit as I open it up. Uh, Bam and Bourbon always brought to you by the Beverage Place, Pink Package, thanks to JJ Chan, all the fine folks there. Uh, we will give you more information on them as well. Alabama coming off... Uh, you know, what looked to be Saturday, you thought it was kind of one of those sleepy road yeah. games coming off uh, the loss to Auburn. You wonder where they would be mentally. Nine minutes to go, they're down in the game, and they end up winning going away. Yeah. Alabama offense is great. Defense Incredible. still a little shaky. The, the offense is the, what, number one offensive efficiency offense in the country right now. But defense is, is what it is. I and mean, if you're at this point in the season and – with the bye week right now, this week, you can work on it a little bit, but you are who you are at this point, I feel like, and you're going to have to outscore teams. And nights when you got it, you're probably going to win, and nights when you don't, you're not going to. So, uh, But five guys with at least 15 points in that game, yeah, and, and then one of them is not named Grant Nelson. Yeah. And Nick Pringle coming off the suspension. Yeah, how about that? I mean, Pringle, the guy that was averaging six points per game, goes for a season high 17. And yeah. so you wonder where his head was going to be coming off the suspension, and yeah. obviously – that's a good sign right there for Alabama, but Latrell Wrightsell, a guy that you know you talked about yeah. a couple of weeks ago on Bama and Bourbon, and for him to go for season high twenty one yeah. and ten rebounds, I mean they've got so many people that can get involved yeah. offensively. Over the last month and a half, we talked about it here last week on on Bama and Bourbon. Just his insertion into the starting lineup, his emergence in this offense has given them another score, which they don't really need in this offense. But he's more consistent, um, and he's been pretty consistent. And he's just, I think his confidence is going through the roof. Uh, you know, him transferring in, sort of feeling his way out for the first part of the non-conference. And then once conferences started, he's, his game has risen. And like I said, five guys with, a list, with at least 15 points, and Grant Nelson wasn't one of them. So that just tells you how dangerous this offense is. Yeah, here was the big difference was, you know, LSU shoots 50%. They score 92 points, but Bama throws up 81 shots. LSU only got 60 off. I was talking to my buddy. I thought it was coaching malpractice by that LSU coach. I mean, you that white guy that's just wearing them out down low. Yeah. Could not stop him. Why, do you, why are you playing Alabama's pace? Why are you playing Alabama's pace? Yeah. It made no sense. And, and the high school coach is going to slow that down. Run your run your offense through the post. Limit Alabama's possessions, but they they wanted to play an up tempo pace, which Nados loved. And Alabama went over 100 points. What for the seventh time this season? Yeah, seven times they've gone 100. I, the magic number is apparently Alabama shooting 40 percent or better behind the arc. They're 12 yeah. and two now when they hit better yeah. than 40 percent. Yeah, they're they're pretty good behind the three when they get it going. Yeah, so it's Bama and Bourbon with Yay Alabama's Aaron Suttles. I'm Lance Taylor for the next round. It is on Roll Tie Pods. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up. We would appreciate it. Today we are pre- previewing the Whistle Pig. The piggyback is six year. Um, they say born from the signature grains. Other half it starts with a high corn mash bill, keeping a dash of rye, of course, six long years of age and char. Number three barrels adds layers of flavor before bottling at 100 proof, so you can keep it 100 whether you choose bourbon or rye. You can sip it neat, shake it the classic uh, with its sweeter profile. Piggyback 100 proof bourbon shines in citrus and sour drinks like their barrel aged maple bourbon sour. 
Um, dry February. I've got two more weeks of being miserable. I think what the nineteenth. No, it's, I got two, oh. two more after this. Did I tell you about the uh, the piece of furniture we're putting in our house? No. So we're doing a built-in. We got this big long wall with these huge ceilings. So we're, we're doing a built-in. We're doing it right. It's costing me an arm and a leg. But the inspiration is an old like old school bourbon locker. It's going to have like some metal mesh where you can see the bottles oh, yeah. behind it. So it's like a like an old school liquor locker. So I can't wait to get that in there. That's pretty awesome. Well, this is a great addition to the collection because this is a a well-respected bourbon yep. out there that's really not easy to get. My wife first brought this home for me, man. I think this was before we were married. Uh, she brought a bottle home. She was on a work trip up in New Hampshire, and I'd I'd never really gotten into it, but it's it's exploded since then. Oh man, yeah. There's so many people down here that are the bourbon connoisseurs that absolutely yeah. love Whistle Pig, and I've only had it a few times. So looking forward to this on March 1st. Probably bust that out. We'll see. Uh, Bam and Bourbon always brought to you by the Beverage Place, located next to PGA Superstore on Highway 280. Pink Package located across from Target, next to Arby's on Highway 280. One stop shop, liquor, beer, seltzers, wine, sodas, mixers, cigars. Ice, even fresh lemons and limes. They open early, close late. Get in, see Chan, JJ, the fine folks. Both locations. Uh, we appreciate their support of Bam and Bourbon. And you can pick up this uh, Whistle Pig right there at either location. Before we get into a little Alabama football and yeah. what's going on with Ryan Grubb going to Seattle, um, Alabama, no game this week. Right. They will play this coming Saturday. They've got a brutal schedule. Their schedule in the second half is tough. You get, what, Florida twice. You got Tennessee coming to Coleman. You got to play Texas A and M. I mean, it's A and M's just heating up. Florida, you saw what they did to Auburn up by twenty nine. <laughs> never trailed in that game. I mean, the SEC is the SEC. And it's, Kentucky, by the way, yeah, yeah, and Kentucky, who is trending in the wrong direction. They are. Um, I fully expect, you know, as we record this, Kentucky's got Ole Miss tonight. I fully expect Kentucky to win that game, and yeah. you know, they they. They've lost three consecutive home games. Yeah. They've got to get this thing figured out. They've got way too much talent to not get it figured out. Um, and to me, on Tennessee, which I think is the best team in the league, has got three conference losses. What are they, six and three? Yeah. They've already had their bye week. Six and three, which seems unbelievable when you look at the team they have. But that just shows you how tough life on the road in the SEC is. Well, that's like uh, after Kansas lost this week to Texas Tech. I think they're six and five in conference now, I think, or seven and four. Anyway, very un-Kansas-like yeah. when they dominated and won the Big 12, like, yeah. 100 straight years or whatever. So, life on the road in college basketball, as we record this, 33 top 10s have lost to unranked road opponents this year. That's the most ever through the history of February, yeah. and we've still got two weeks to go. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it in football a lot because, obviously, the 100,000 people in the, in the stadium, but it, it's probably bigger in basketball, right? The yeah. Home, the home court advantage. Yeah, I would think so. And, you know, sadly, well, you've seen Coleman a couple of times this year where yeah. you, you have rocking, had a true yeah. home court advantage. But if they were ever to get an arena like, you know, you just look at Neville, and yeah. you saw how crazy Neville was this past yeah. week in Alabama's loss, yeah. um, that's a true home court advantage. It really is. And, you know, we've seen it in Cameron Indoor. I don't know if you've ever been there. But I it's haven't. tiny. And they're right on top of you. It's those environments make it tough. And you, you can't help but think it affects in some ways, conscious or not, with the way they officiate the game, too. Oh, you know it does. And I think in that situation, smaller is better. I do. You yeah. know, I think football, bigger is probably better. Yeah. Um, you well, know, smaller if, if they're right on top of you. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think, you know, Corvallis, when the chainsaws yeah. are going off and yeah. stuff, and you've got it, what is it, Resnick uh, uh, Stadium, yeah. whatever it is. Um, yeah, 35,000 with chainsaws on top would be good, but 
you know, football, 110,000 people make a lot of noise. A ton of noise. Go to, go to Baton Rouge on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, before we uh, get back into the bourbon, we yeah. talk a little um, Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb. How can people get involved? This collective, you guys have got a really good direction. The mm. coaches seem accessible. They seem like they're going uh, a lot of different places, uh, meeting high school coaches. Mm. Um Meeting a lot of new people, how can people get involved and jump on board with the collective? Yeah, yay-alabama.com backslash fans. It tells you all of our tiers of membership. Um, if, if, if everyone in Bryan Denny Stadium st- signed up for our, our base membership, which is $216 a year, that's $21.6 million a year for NIL, which is probably too much. No, well, that would but be the biggest. But it would fund the entire, every athletic program in, in, in the athletic department. I mean, like the biggest collective I've heard, I think Ohio State, the number was like $14 million. Yeah. I don't know how accurate that is, yeah. but I mean, $21 million would be the biggest collective out there. And that's just people doing a, a, a base membership, not including top-tier donors. So we, we have the strength in numbers. Crimson Tide fans are passionate. You guys have, have answered the call since the hiring of Coach DeBoer. But we got some plans for Coach. We're going to try to get him out on the road uh, this spring and summer to get him across the state, and hopefully our members will be able to be experience some of that. You know, we're coming up on two weeks um, on Friday when I first heard that Seattle was interested in yeah. Ryan Grubb. And, you know, Pro Football Focus, I think, was the first to report it. And I, I think Ryan Grubb and Kalen DeBoer, what they did in Washington for two years, really caught the eye of John Snyder, the general manager, and they bring in Mike McDonald, the defense coordinator of Baltimore, and now the head coach. They had this conversation, and one of the top targets was Ryan Grubb. I was surprised just based on timing, and I know a lot of people are critical of what's going on with sure. that 30-day window. Yeah. Explain it from your point of view, what you've heard possibly inside the building, and did anybody know that he was actually going to leave? Look, I, I was with Coach DeBoer twice last week, um, and he addressed the, his coaching staff, and um, he didn't. no one asked him specifically about, about Grubb. Or Huff, uh, but he answered in generalities, and it didn't. It didn't sound as if those guys were going anywhere. So I don't know about the time, and I do know that people have put out this that Seattle worked in conjunction with the board to close that window before they announced it. Well, that window wasn't closed till the 11th. Right. The hire was made and leaked before that, so the the, the transfer window was still open. So I, I don't know if there's any validity to that. I think it's fun for college football fans to, to scream that the school next door. Or, um, in, in your own state is doing something that's that's not really ethical. I don't know that there's any validity to that because the the, the transfer window was technically still open when all this broke. Oh, and let's not forget, there's a window right after spring. So that's if right. these guys are really pissed off and feel like they were held hostage, yeah. they can still jump. Yeah, and the only reason, you know, the only difference there is they can't go in conference. You'd have to go out of conference. But I think you have to have some boundaries in this. And but like you said, there's still some uh, some movement available if these guys aren't happy after spring practice with the direction of the program or the coaching staff. They're able to go where they want. Well, look, offensive line has been a critical or a criticized unit, I should say, for the yeah. last few years at Alabama. This Washington crew won the Joe Moore Award yeah. given to the nation's best offensive line, and Huff was the guy, the position yeah. coach there. So that seems to be kind of a big loss. It seems but, to be huge. But Grubb and DeBoer, you know, one of the things we heard was keeping this staff together was such a home run for Alabama. And now you lose a guy that Kalen DeBoer is so familiar with, so confident in, that he can, you know, hey, you run the offense. I know exactly what you're doing. We're on the same page. And now DeBoer has got to take more of that responsibility. What do you think is next offensively for Alabama and this staff? You know, there's rumor that there will be co-OCs from from guys and that uh, Coach DeBoer will will call his offense. I don't know. I haven't talked to Coach DeBoer. I'm sure he'll let us know in in some regard. 
what his intentions there are because he seems like he's pretty open with the media. Yeah, I mean, and it's what it seems like to, to it, up until this point. At yeah, least. and I think if he's asked those questions, I don't, I don't think he's going to dance around it. So, um, you know, I think the fact that we haven't heard peep from Ryan Williams, the, the, the five-star receiver that they just recently got, that he's bothered by it. I, I think that probably is, uh, injects some confidence into that building that he's sticking around and, and wants to play. For Coach DeBoer, I, I do think, though, when you're in a place like Alabama, there's already enough distractions. Are you going to be pulled too thin if you're also calling the plays to be able to run the program? But it's a brand-new day at Alabama. We've had the same things in place for 17 years, and now everything is different. So it's this first year, we're going to learn a lot. Well, yeah, look, I think Alabama got fortunate in who they hired. I will stick by I think it's a really good hire. The grub loss is kind of an unlucky bounce because, realistically, is there any chance Seattle's hiring this guy if he wasn't already in the – City I don't of love, Seattle. If I'm a Seahawks fan, I don't absolutely love the. He hire. doesn't have any NFL experience. At I don't. All. I don't like the. I didn't like the head coach hire. Yeah. Um, um, but do you think? I mean, look. It, well, two things. I think it works both ways. Does Seattle even take a look at him if they hadn't been watching the last no. two years in Alabama? No. And does he even take that job based on the fact that you know he's going back to yeah. Seattle? Obviously, that's the thing. He's, there's some comfortability of him already living there, knowing the area, and and I don't know his family situation, but. Um, I, I just I think it's an uninspired. If I'm a Seahawks fan, I think it's an un, for me an uninspired head coach hire, an uninspired offensive coordinator hire, just because there's so much unknown. Yeah, and how much of this is like where we are in NIL and transfer portal? I mean, we've seen two sitting head coaches Boom. on the staff already leave programs in Buffalo yeah. and South Alabama. We just saw a soon-to-be Big Ten program in UCLA lose yeah. their head coach to go into the Big Ten as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. So there's got to be something that is such a pain in the ass at the collegiate level that you yeah. don't have to deal with the NFL. I, I agree to, I agree on the principle. I don't use Chip Kelly as any example because the guy didn't like to recruit. Yeah. He's always made it known he doesn't like to recruit. He just wants to call plays. He, he should have gone back to the NFL and just been an offensive coordinator. Listen, I, I don't think there's anybody watching that's going to feel sorry for these coaches. They make a lot of money. They make a lot of, and yeah, things have gotten tougher. Things have gotten tougher on everybody. Go to the grocery store and, and see how much milk costs. I mean, it, things are tough across the board for everybody. So, yeah, no one's going to feel sorry for you that you're making $10 million and your job's harder. I mean, put your big boy pants on and go do it. Challenges are there, and, and there's not a magic cure-all pill that's going to uh, get the game back to where it was 10 years ago. Like, and what, what do we always credit Nick Saban for being the best at evolving? You got to evolve. Got to evolve. And, look, I think people are excited about Kalen DeBoer. Um, you know, the thing about the Ryan Grubb move, though, and, you know, I guess you can't discount the fact that he's going back to Seattle. He's got a house there. Yeah. His family's comfortable there. But if he has a bad year this yeah. year, he could be out in one year. And, like, as much as people might think this Alabama product's going to drop, yeah. I will be shocked if it's worse than 9-3. and three. So he had stability. Yeah. And, like, he was going nowhere for three, four, five years, even worst-case scenario. And now it could be a one-and-done in Seattle. So I'm a little surprised just from a stability standpoint. Yeah, and you wonder, you wonder you, you could probably sit there and think, well, he can always come back. But you wonder where that relationship is now because if, if you know, cause he targeted other guys on Alabama staff. It wasn't oh, just yeah. tough. Uh, you know, and so if you're, if you're Kalen, like, this has been my guy, and, and now he's rating my staff, and, at a time that's very critical in, in my career. So I, I think you can all get past that as coaching. I think coaches tend not to take all that stuff personally. But I do think there's probably some hurt feelings, or I wouldn't be surprised if there's hurt feelings. Uh, Bama and Bourbon, it is uh, where we sample a little bourbon. We talk Alabama football, basketball. This is the whistle pig, the piggyback, the uh, six years aged.
sip it neat or shake it in a classic. Of course, you can pick it up from our fine sponsors, Beverage Place, located next to the PGA Superstore on Highway 280, Pink Package, located across from the Target next to Arby's on Highway 280, one-stop shop, liquor, beer, seltzers, wine, sodas, mixers, cigars, ice, even fresh lemons and limes. How are we on the uh, bourbon? Have you tried it? I didn't try it. I just tr- uh, Confession time, I just came from the dentist, so I, I can't <laughs> try it right now. But it smells great. It smells great. Yeah. And it's got a good reputation. I think people that are watching this show, if you, you're devoted fans of this, you know Whistlepig. See, this is this is the stuff I miss. Sipping a bourbon. Uh, it smells great. One o'clock in the afternoon with you. Uh, we'll be back in three weeks on that. But wherever you are watching this, pick up a bottle of this Whistlepig. It smells fantastic. Again, if you're in Birmingham or around our area, uh, both the Beverage Place and Pink Package. Before we get out of here, yeah. uh, again, Yay Alabama, how can people get involved in the collective? Yay-Alabama.com backslash fans, Coach DeBoer, Coach Oates, all the programs need your support um, because it's as competitive. If you watch what Ohio State did this offseason, it shows you how competitive it, it is and it's going to be. And it's crazy. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to watch this Ohio State thing play out because they've added so many pieces. I don't think it's as simple as just going and getting the best players um, that you, it's got to be a fit at some point. I mean, it's almost. It screams desperation from not. That's what I was about to say. You know, if I'm an Ohio State fan, I'm excited because you get Judkins and you get Will Howard and you get Julian Sayan and you get Chip Kelly and all these things. But at the end of the day, it, it's all about beating Michigan, playing they the They pushed the panic button because Michigan's kicking their tail and Michigan won a national championship. Yeah, like if Ohio State would have won yeah. that game this year, they would have gotten in the college football playoff. Even mm-hmm. in a loss, I don't think you've got the panic nearly where it no. is right now. No. I, I am one of those that I don't believe Ryan Day is on the hottest of hot. Like he's not Billy Napier right now. Oh, coming no. back this year. I mean, this is a guy that's still Poor during Billy. the regular season. <laughs> yeah, Billy. Well, that schedule. That schedule is crazy. Sorry, Billy. That's a brutal. Yeah, on paper might be the most difficult <laughs> schedule ever going it's into insane. a season. Uh, but I am the Ohio State thing is going to be fascinating yeah. how that thing plays out. It, it Anything, just shows you though the NIL world where they're going out, and I think we all live in a world where those players didn't just choose to go to Ohio State out of the goodness of their heart. Um, there's probably some NIL money floating around for that, and. But it's going to be fascinating to watch. Again, get involved with Yay Alabama. If you're a Bama fan, it's the direction we are heading. Anything we should be looking out for next big news? Are we just getting ready for spring ball? I think I think everyone at Alabama is ready to be able to officially announce the coaching staff because even though we've seen some stuff on social media and graphics being made, it is not none of the hires outside of Coach DeBoer. Well, and that's the thing. You know, going back last week, you and our very own Jim Dunaway did uh, National Signing Day. You guys were at the complex and you did a live show. And that's when the different coaches were speaking to the Red Elephant Club. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, the way Dunaway painted it is every other coach had said, I'm your defense coordinator. Yeah. So it was almost like Ryan Grubb had to say it. But the clip I saw, I'm Ryan Grubb, I'm your offense coordinator. Everybody kind of yeah. gets excited about it. It was very definitive, I thought. So I was a little surprised he went that direction. And then two days later, he's out. But he's I don't out. know what else you do. It's a weird spot. I and mean, who knows how it actually went down. Probably only a couple people actually do. But. It, it looks a certain way. There's no way to, to paint it any other way. It looks it looks bad. Uh, have a great week. We will talk more Alabama basketball, anything going on in Alabama football, of course, the collective, more bourbon. It's Bama and Bourbon brought to you by Beverage Place, Pink Package, of course. Yay, Alabama. You guys have a wonderful week. Tell your friends, like, subscribe, two thumbs up right here on Roll Tide Pod.